Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu, and I'm really excited about today's guest. Uh, his name is Trev, and, but he dubs himself as a Spartan. He's a former physician, healthcare. He's got an amazing story. Uh, this show is really designed to highlight to doctors what else is possible out there. And I'm happy to welcome Trev to the show. Welcome. Yeah, thanks, buddy. It's good to be here, man. It's fun. It was good to just rap a little off camera, too. Like, it's good. You, yeah. Uh, and finding out that you are literally like a, just right across the state. Yeah. Texas yeah. is a great place though, right? Dude, Texas tell, is good. Tell people about, you know, your your story. You know, you shared it with me, but I want the people to hear about it and we'll get sure. into it. So, and I'll give you the the Cliff Notes version because there's there's a lot that's like I've lived a lot of life <laughs> at 50. And uh and and so I mean, like I started off in medicine. I I mean I was that Doogie Hauser kid, right? Like I got I got bugged all the time when I came out because I graduated really early. I went through med school really young. And so I was this little kid, right, in the hospital, and you get no respect. All the older doctors look at you and they're like, Yeah, you don't know anything, you're just a punk, right? Which is not true, but you get judged. And uh, and so I went through trauma surgery and and I didn't uh, I just you're generally the delivery of uh, or the, the, the bearer of bad news, right? For the most part. And you're kind of in a meat grinder, right? Because you're always putting people back together or and it's usually because of their own stupidity. And the other part is, and it's not meant to disrespect anyone that comes in for genuine, you know, genuine traumas, but most of it is, is self-created. You know, like I said to you earlier, I said, it's like, I worked just down the street from a bar that was the most violent bar in the city. So I just saw bozos Fridays and Saturdays coming in with self-created injuries because of their egos. And it's all those dudes. It was never women. Women are smarter than men. I'll just say it right there. And all your women watching now just went, I like this guy, right? It's it's the the fact that like either I was a legal drug pusher, because most of the time you can solve a lot of problems. And, and I'm not this guy that gets on a soapbox and starts, you know, well, the body, the power that made body heals the body and all this stuff lists say, you need a doctor, right? You need medicine. You need things that like my life was saved because of surgery. So, and, and I'll explain that in a minute, but I, I came out and I went, I can't do this. I never saw my wife. I never saw my kids. You know, I was commuting and, and it was just, that's not what I signed up for as far as being in this world. And I felt like I wasn't doing my best. I wasn't serving people the way I should. And my mindset wasn't in it. I had migraines and upset and bitter, and, and I just didn't like anything about it. And, and so I switched to sports med and then Cairo and PT and all of it still had the same vibe and it was always the board 
I got so tired of boards because they go, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> they go, we're here to protect the patient, except that doesn't make any sense because who's protecting us? Like, I remember one lady at, at the board said to me, oh, we we are here for the patient, not for the doctor. And I go, then why are you called, you know, the board of XYZ? I go, that makes no sense. You should be the patient's board then. And what they do is they put you in a box and they confine you and they go, if it comes outside of this box, you can't do it. But yet if it goes outside that box and helps your patient, why would you not do that? You know, and, and so that's the kind of thing I would struggle with. And I would go to battle with them all the time because I had no problem. Like, I'm not the guy that backs down. I only have one speed, full throttle. So I, I'm like, I'm not going to listen to you guys. So I just, I was always static and always butting heads. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm never going to win against these guys. So I just went out and started doing my own thing. Instead, I started posting on social media. I got so much hate. When I started posting how to fix injuries and tissue problems and just about anything else, like I went from depression to knee pain. Like I covered everything. And I just gave it away. <clears throat> I used to have people calling my office, yelling. It was always doctors yelling at me that I was stealing their patients, that I shouldn't be giving it away, and that how dare I as a doctor. And yet what it really was, was I was taking revenue away from you. And they didn't like it because we would we would do a couple of million dollars a year, easy. And it was we didn't have to try because we were just helping people. And I think that's where a lot of docs struggle is your job is to help people. You know, I mean, you look at what we say, uh, the, the main phrase, above all, do no harm, right? above all, do no harm. But if you are confined to a box that someone else says that's not in the moment, that's probably never practiced telling you, you know, Chris, you can't do this. And you're like, yeah, but this is going to help this patient. And they go, yeah, but you can't do that because it doesn't fall with your uh, ICD-10 codes. What? Right. Like, it's just bullshit. And then the insurance game is just a whole other story. You know, you submit a bill for 50 grand and they give you seven bucks and you're like, this doesn't make any sense. And you have so many, like, I don't know how many times I won't say the insurance company says, I don't want you to get a flag, but there's so many out there that do nothing. And then they send you bills negotiating. You know what I'm talking about where they're like, Hey, we can give you this much today or we can give you your full amount, but you won't get it for like three weeks. Right? Like how many times you get a letter like that? I'm like, I'm not doing this. This is ridiculous. So I went out on my own and I started a, a, Basically, uh, it was accidental. I, I started posting about how to fix everything. Like I said, injuries and, and problems. And it just grew. And my buddy said, hey, listen, why, uh, why don't you make a business out of it? And I went, I never thought of that. I didn't. I mean, I'm, I'm old enough to go. There was no such thing as a cell phone or online when I was a kid. Right? Like people were like, internet, what's that? And it, it just exploded. But over the time, like my wife and I have been together for almost 18 years. And I mean, I've gone through, I, I met her. When I had stage 3B non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, they gave me nine months and they gave me chemo and it just about killed me. They radiated me a bunch of times, but it starts, it starts the mind going, listen, if you're going to keep doing the same thing and expect and just renaming the chemical or the treatment, you're going to get the same result. They burn you, they slice you, they poison you, and it didn't help me. And I got worse. I mean, I wound up walking with a cane. I was throwing up all over the place. I was covered in bruises and I was sick. So I went through all that and, and then 20 months ago is when I really hit the gas on just setting up, making people basically unkillable, right? That was, that was my motto. It's like, cause somebody said that like, dude, you're like unkillable. I go, good. That's the point. You know, like whether it's your marriage, your business, your finances, your, 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 like it's become that, you know, as a doc, as a human, as a dad, as a wife, as a, as it doesn't matter just as a person. And 
I, I went in, I got sick, went into the hospital. They tried to label me as that thing. I won't say it. And, and it wasn't right. You're laughing. Cause you're like, yeah, cause who knows what sensors are out there. <laughs> and it turned out that wasn't what it was anyway. They tested me five times. All five came back negative, but they still put it in my records that said that thing like just so they could cover their butts. And I, what wound up happening is between when I went in the first time, and then there was a three week gap when I was at home, I was on oxygen. I could barely do anything. There's all these videos of me working out with a oxygen machine. I was about 150 pounds. I could barely, I would do like five, six curls and I'd have to take a break because I couldn't function. And this mass grew in my chest about the size of a football in three weeks. Now you might know this, the remdesivir protocol, right? Like they started talking about all this stuff and I went, that's not going to help anybody. Well, my guess is that kind of triggered things. So I went in, they took a picture of me. They went, you need to go to ER right now. So I went to ER and they're like, you need to have thoracic surgery. And I basically went, holy shit. Like you're not working on my wrist or my elbow. You're working on my chest. And they took a robot and the guy with an Xbox controller basically did surgery on me, right? Six arms, did the whole machine. And so I have all these incisions on me. But when they went in, they, they ended up taking my left lung. When I came out of anesthesia or when I came out of surgery, I told my wife to film everything no matter what, right? So she's got me on video and you know I'm all high after anesthesia. And uh, it was, the doctor took a knee and he goes, listen, the surgery went well. It took a little longer, 45 minutes longer. You know, that's an eternity for surgery. And uh, he goes, but we had to take your lung. And I'm like, okay, I'm on video going, did you give me a new one? Because I'm just all loopy. And 20 minutes after surgery, I'm up walking around the room with chest tubes and oxygen and everything. Cause I said, you can either get me up off the floor or get me out of this bed, but either way, I'm going to get better. They told me it was going to be 14 days. I was home in seven and I left the hospital in a wheelchair on oxygen with 12 different drugs. And I am on none of that 20 months later. And within the first 12 months, we built a multi-million dollar business. I rebuilt myself. And, you know, honestly, we changed my marriage, my life, everything, because I just became more focused on creating a great life, not just being a doctor, right? I, I stopped caring about that word and I started going, how do I be a great human? And it changed everything, right? Hmm. But I had to start from the bottom. Like I couldn't do anything. All I could do when I got home, Chris, was walk. And so I hooked up a sled with a weight on it. And I told her, she goes, what do you want to do? I said, I want to work out. She goes, okay. My wife is the best human being on the planet. She is my best friend. And, and she goes, okay. She goes, what do you want to do? I said, well, I'm going to go walk. I'm going to walk around. My driveway is about 400 meters, like uh, gravel, right? And uh, a circle. And I said, come get me when I collapse. I don't even remember how many laps I did. It wasn't that many, but I'm on video and I go, Captain America is going to call me and ask me how I got so jacked, right? And she came and got me and walked me back into the house and I've never missed since. And that's been the basis of everything. I just don't miss. Great, great story. And then, uh, you know, for a lot of doctors, you know, I think they, they have the same, um, you know, these same issues with the system and it's kind of needs a massive upgrade and, yeah. and healthcare is really not worth it these days. And so, and then, but then the doctors, they're like, they're tied to their society's expectation, parents' expectations, spouse, you know, and then, and then they get their guilt and, you know, a lot of them, you know, people pleasing. So how do doctors, you know, get free of this, develop massive self-worth and, uh, embrace and take ownership and kind of do their, you know, live their life. Sure. That, that's, that's the right question because you get it. Most docs, like all of you guys watching, you've done, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 15 years of school, right? Which already 
is this like it, it creates this paradigm that that's what is required of you that you have to work 20 hour days and and listen we work long days when we first started creating this company like we do seven figures a month all day long and that's never a problem there's most doctors will never see that they don't do that in a year but the flip side is a lot of people so many doctors become doctors because of the money dude there's so many things out there that'll make you way more money than a doctor i learned that the hard way Right. And you're laughing. You're like, yep. You know, like some, look, Mr. Beast is on YouTube. He makes like 200 grand a minute or something. Like it's some outlandish amount of money. But you have to love what you do and you're not allowed to as a doctor for the most part. And I think that's the problem is you come out and your heart says this, but the world around you says you can't. And the, the biggest struggle humans have is convincing yourself of something that your heart knows is a lie. Right. So when you're trying to do that, you're, you're at war with yourself. You're not just at war with the expectations and the spouse and the board and the hospital and the rules and, and all of that. You're at war with the person you see in the mirror because you know damn well you're full of shit when you look in the mirror because you, you don't admire the man or the woman you're looking at, right? So to create that self-worth, I think the work instills the worth, but you're being held back from the work you want to do. So honestly, I think what, what every doctor should do this. Because you just said the right thing. You said that the entire healthcare system needs an overhaul because right now it's not a healthcare system. It's a disease care system, right? They wait for you to get sick and then they bomb you with all this stuff in hopes that you're going to get better. But no doctor anywhere, and this is a, so offensive to people, which is weird because it's the truth. No doctor anywhere has ever cured anybody of anything. Doctors don't cure people, right? Like, and, and people don't get that. Their, their egos get fluffed up. I go, take your ego away, man. <laughs> doctors don't cure people. The body does all the work. Once you take all the shit out of the way, right? Doctors help. We are the catalysts that allow people to get better, but we're not magically taking cells and stitching them together. We're not creating new tissue. We're not doing any of that. We're not creating like neovascularization or anything. The, the body does that stuff. So if you look at what we're allowed to do versus what we want to do, I think there's a massive separation between that. And I think that is what destroys our worth because in your head, you go, I want to do more and I want to do this. I want to do that. And you're like, well, the, the rules say this, or my boss says that I actually have a friend of mine that's a doc and she lost her job, let's say, because she wouldn't listen to the rules of basically being a salesman. She goes, I don't want to be a salesman. I'm trying to help people. Right. And that's screwy because you, you're, now what? You're being stood on for not selling a product or a service because you're a doctor? Listen, I want everybody to be rich. I really do. I think everybody could too. It's easy because there's nobody out there that if they show up every day, they do the work, they work in the right direction, they never miss, they don't do any excuses, and they keep grinding away in the direction they're supposed to, you will have it all. I lived in my car. I know what it's like to have nothing. So I, I know what it's like to have to build for nothing. And I think a lot of people come out with two, three, $400,000 in debt going, shit, I'm never going to get out of this. Right. But don't worry about that. Worry about taking care of people. The money shows up later. And I think what you have to do is go beyond the scope of just where you are in your address. Mm. I think what people do is they don't use, they, they don't utilize social media the right way, you know? And, and I'm not like, like I run a coaching company. One of like one of our companies, our biggest company is the Spartan business, right? Spartan army business where I go, I'm going to take you, Chris, and we're going to scale the crap out of your business and we'll bring you up to a million dollars a month, a million dollars a week, whatever it is. And people hear those numbers. And they go, how is that even possible? That's the problem. You, you say it's not possible. 
because you're still trading time for money, which is what a lot of doctors do. You can't trade time for money if you want to become rich. You can't trade time for money if you want to be successful. You can't trade time for money if you want to have a strong family and a great, you know, if you want your own health to be good. You can't because you're going to eat up all your time for very little money. You have to be able to scale that and that eats away at you. So again, that deteriorates your self-worth. So I think if you can, you have to expand outside of that. Like that's, I have so many, I have doctors on my, in my business program going, what do we do? Because we have no idea because how many business classes did you actually take in med school? Zero. None. Yeah. Zero. Zero. How many social media classes? Zero. How many, how many public speaking classes to actually engage with somebody? Zero. But they're like, hey, we're going to teach you pharmacology and toxicology, and you're going to take microbiome like crazy. And uh, like all of that, right? How many, even neuro classes, how many neuro, like CNS and PNS classes did you take? Not that many. You took gross anatomy, you started with the body, and at the end of the year, you had parts, right? That's basically what we all did. We got in the lab, and for some reason, the smell of, of uh, you know, the um, formaldehyde or whatever they use now, it always made you feel weird. I had somebody tell me it made them hungry all the time. I'm like, really? And then I asked other people, and they're like, yeah, it really does, but I didn't want to say anything. That's fucking weird. I'm just going to say that. That's some Dexter stuff right there. Yeah. But at the same time, you come out with no real experience, but you get a degree, and then you have to pay for a license, and you pay incredibly exorbitant rates for malpractice just to protect yourself against some knucklehead that wants to sue you because they're just not happy with their own worth. Most people don't sue medical doctors because they had a problem. They do it because they're not happy with the result because they didn't do what was required anyway. Yeah. Right. And so we deal with that and we're under this constant barrage. And now medical doctors over the last two and a half, three years have just been under the, under the, like in the firing range. Like they're just down range all day long, taking bullets because of what happened, because the few destroyed it for the many. And that's, that's embarrassing. So I think what should happen is doctors need to take back going, we give a shit about you. I want you to be healthy. I want you to be strong. I'm not going to shove pharmacology down your throat all day long. And if that's what you're going to do, I'm sorry, you're wrong. That's not the answer. The answer isn't a pill all the time. It's not surgery all the time. It's to create a durable version of you. And my job is to facilitate that as much as possible. So I tell people, here's what you do. Give away all your shit for free that you legally can. Get on social media create a I'm Dr. You know, Alan Jones. And if there's an Alan Jones, sorry, not using your name for real, but it's a fictional character, right? But I'm Dr. Alan Jones. And then you go out and you go, what do I believe in as Alan Jones? What matters to me the most? And then you show your family, you show your life, you show how you help people. And then you give them all that information. It's called the halo effect. And what happens is people start to look at you and they're like, hey, Chris, I noticed I just caught your social media. I didn't even know you did that. That's really cool. Listen, I'm having this and this and this going on. Uh, Can you help me? And then they call you. You know why? Because they have no idea who you are or what you do until they see it. And then you start acquiring social proof. Like people ask me all the time, like, dude, you are everywhere. Yeah. And I started where one person knew who I was, my wife. Nobody else knew who I was. So you have to look at that. And unfortunately, you show me someone who's incredibly successful, I will show you somebody that suffered a tragedy 90% of the time. You don't have to, but unfortunately, all the eyes look at catastrophes, right? People want to see a train wreck. Yeah. Don't go out and create mass hysteria in your own life just to do that. But you have to give of yourself, give of your time. And, and when people go, I'm not doing that, then don't be successful. Quit your bitching. <laughs> you know, it's like, then don't be, don't have money. 
Don't have free time. It's not my problem. It's yours. Most people, it's what they want is on the other side of the work they are not willing to do. But they'll point at, hey, well, that doctor's making so much money. It's because they work for that, that company. No, it's not. It's because they're doing the work and they earn that position. When you distill it down, it's because they're doing more work than you are. And I don't mean like you and I are old enough to go grunt work where we're carrying bags of stuff and we're shoveling. I mean the work required to advance their position and earn the money because the work instills the worth. It always does. If your self-value is low, it's because you know, you know inside that you're not doing the work required to get to where you want to go. You know, you can't lie to yourself. You try and you lie to everybody else. You're like, oh, you start to despise and loathe yourself. And that creates this weird depression that's from an external source. Just start doing the shit you know you need to be doing. So what I would do is I tell people, write down all the stuff I'm really good at. Everything I'm great at, whether not just a doctor. You're like, oh, I'm, I'm Dr. Alan Jones. Okay, I, I love doing this stuff's all awesome. I love this. Put down 10 things and then go look at your social media. And if you go, oh, I don't believe in Instagram. Okay, then you're not relevant. Sorry. If you aren't on social media now in 2023, you're not relevant. You will not make money because the first thing people do is they'll be like, oh, Chris, okay, let me look him up and see, right? They look you up to see who you are. They don't care about your Yelp. They don't care about anything else. They look for your Instagram, your Facebook, your YouTube. So just be that person and then put together a posting strategy. And this isn't a marketing like podcast. It's me just going, show your resume is you. Your resume isn't a piece of paper. That's from 1985. If people look at you and they go, like, how did, how did you and I meet? You saw what I did. I didn't send you a resume. I didn't give you a highlight sheet. You went, oh, this guy seems like he has X, Y, and Z that I'd like to talk about, right? But you have to be that for the world and then be unfazed by the knuckleheads that throw hate. And if you're the knucklehead that throws hate, knock it off. <laughs> you're just being a bitch. Knock it off. <laughs> So it's like, like, it's true. You're just worthless. If you're throwing hate, everybody successful doesn't throw hate. Only the people at the bottom do. But you have to be willing to just go, I'm going to give it all away. Because what I've seen at the older docs, and they come to me and they're like, well, how are you so busy? How do you have so many people? Because I give all my stuff away. Yeah, but, but then they all have your stuff. It doesn't matter. They have your stuff anyway. Yeah. Even if you think you're not. And if you're this guy that goes, hey, listen, I'm going to give you this 10% of whatever it is. Okay. But the other 90%, I'm going to make you pay for it. Just give it all to them because you know what they're going to do when something goes wrong, they're going to call you because they know you can help help them first by you, you earn their business by showing them that you can actually help them by helping them first. And I think that's where people struggle is there. And you don't have to be on camera all the time. You don't have to be like an influencer or any bullshit like that. You look at people out there that are doing it very successfully. They get eyes. The currency right now is attention and it's not dollars. It's not crypto. It's not, it is attention. You get attention, you get paid. Yeah. You know, like my, my business is 8 billion people large. I can choose anyone I want because every time, and this is free. This is free. People go online like I have to buy ads. Why? I don't know. Following. Start one. Well, I don't know what to say. What do you like to do? What do you like to talk about? What is, what matters to you? We talk about that. Yeah, but that's not really what's trending right now. Stop worrying about that. You post for you. The people that resonate and vibrate with you and are on the same frequency will show up, right? Your frequency is what you frequently see. And people go, I'm trying to be someone else. That's why nobody's coming. Mm. You're manufacturing a character instead of being who you are. Like, I will never break character. This is me. You watch any of my social media, you watch anything around, people ask my wife, is, is he really like this? She's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, he's like this. I love it. 
right? But that's be the most authentic version of you. And then don't worry about what other people are pointing at if they don't like you. That's on them, not you. As long as you're not a shitbag, you're fine. Be yeah. a good person and give a ton of time and just show people what you're great at. They will call you. Just give them a way to contact you. Yeah. Right? Uh, speaking of that, you know, really interesting. And then, so how can people, I know you've got uh, quite a large following, you know, so one of your channels, you know, over a million followers, I think Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, how can people check you out, follow you, you know, check so, out your coaching? Yeah, there's a couple of ways. Ideally, you go to Smashworks and it's, this is, W-E-R-X at the end, right? Everybody spells it wrong. So we're smash, W-E-R-X. You go to Smashworks, anywhere. YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Now it's a thread they have, right? TikTok, all that stuff. All that TikTok <laughs> is just real weird to me because they got all kinds of big <laughs> But all that, like that, just look me up. And if you look up Trevor Bachmeyer, hell, you look up the Spartan. Th people have been calling me the Spartan for five, six years at least. I didn't even, somebody just said, dude, you're like a Spartan. Well, that's kind of cool. It's stuck. Yeah. However, but that's how you find me. But ask me things. I answer my own stuff. People always go, dude, am I going to get like a representative? No. <laughs> we have a huge team of people, but I answer my own stuff. But that's why people send me messages because they want to talk to me. We get about 5,000 messages a day. A lot of them are bots and garbage. You know, hey, I'd like to thank so-and-so for the financial blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> You know the ones, right? I'm right. giving $5,000 away to the first three people. Sure you are. <laughs> give me the money first, and then I'll give you information. Yeah. Right? Show me. But that's how. Just find me. And, and I'll answer. I'll help you if I can. You know? And I'll give you the direction, and, and I'll be like, do this. Don't stop doing that. And I'm blunt. And I always I, I look for ways to help people grow to become the most elite version of themselves. Like, I build killers. People laugh. They're like, well, that's kind of strange. I go, no, I want, you should be, everything in this world is trying to kill you right now. And people go, it's not like that anymore. Listen, just because the landscape has changed does not mean the game has changed. It's just different. They're trying to kill your attention. They're trying to kill your self-worth. They're trying to kill your family. They're trying to like, they're still trying. They just aren't trying to smash you over the head with a rock or attack you from behind a tree. Mm. Right. And, and you have to look at it that way, become the most robust version. And that's what we do. The best families, They'll make the most money, have the most. Honestly, you should be jacked and fit. It's ridiculous if you're not. It's, how many times you heard this? Oh, the dad bod. Women like that. Find me one. <laughs> find me one. Just find me one. One that can look me in the eye and go, I would rather have the same guy. The same guy, right? I have my husband now who's got a big roly-poly belly, which is all his fault. I don't care if this pisses people off. You're fat because of you. You didn't, I've never accidentally eaten anything. And the same guy, she's not going to, if she took her same husband and he looked like Brad Pitt body wash, she's going to want the Brad Pitt. <laughs> so you can't sit there and go, but I, I really like him. You're forcing your, you, you're forcing your family to lie. Like if you're doing that, you're putting him in a bad place. You're making him lie for you. Like I love my people go, you know, not everybody has to be so jacked. Yes, they do. Because it allows you to take a hit. You know what the surgeon said to me? He goes, if you wouldn't have come in, this stuck with me forever. This is why I train so hard. Two reasons. One, I, I love my wife and my kids enough to take care of myself. That's important. And I think doctors lose that because we're so busy, right? We're just like inundated with hours and hours of work. And then the flip side is, he said to me, if you wouldn't have been in the shape you were in when you came in for surgery, it's a good chance you wouldn't have made it. Holy shit. And you know that you can take a hit. The more muscle you have, and I'm not talking about some giant bodybuilder, 
the more covered in muscle you are, the more ro ro robust you are, the more galvanized you've become, the tougher you are. Physically, mentally, emotionally, everything. Mm -hmm. But most people don't do that. They yeah. wait until they're destroyed and then they go, now, right? Like hindsight, it's like it's a deficiency need health, right? When you have it, you never think about it. When you don't have it, you will pay every dollar you've got and every, every minute you have to change it. But you know what Steve Jobs couldn't do? Steve Jobs couldn't buy another day with all his billions of dollars. Why mm -hmm. would you wait? People, why would you wait for a catastrophe to live your best life? Mm -hmm. It's a strange thing for me. I, and, and I've been that. Like, I am not the same man that came out of the hospital as the guy that went in. I came out and I went, I will never miss. And somebody goes, so that's pretty egotistical. It's not. I refuse to allow myself to miss. I won't. And it's not, an, it's not, see, people now confuse arrogance with confidence. And I think a lot of doctors, they get so beaten down, especially lately, the last three years, they're so beaten down from society going, you're a doctor, I'll screw you, you know, like, but that's not the truth. They're not all like that. Yeah. And then I think that's part of it too, is what, are you going to accept that narrative? Says who? Says who? You need to decide who you are and then never miss, no matter what anyone says, no matter what anyone does. But you want to build self-worth and self-confidence as a doctor, do what you say, like do what you damn well say. Hmm. every single day, not once in a while, every day at, with your spouse, with your kids, with your practice, with your patients, everything. Do what you say, your self-worth, it goes through the roof hmm. because that goes back to the work and stills the worth, right? Like you, you I, so I never miss. It's on my whiteboard in my gym. It's in purple writing. It says never miss. And that says Brandy, Hope and Pierce, my wife and my two kids, because I want to quit all the time. I do. I just don't because I say to myself, not today, man. You can quit. Just not going to quit today, dude. And I was like, I came in at the end of a workout one day, I had about one or two more reps and they were brutal. Holy shit, Chris, I was dying. It was a brutal workout. And I came in, my wife was sitting inside. I just came in and she's like, hi, my babe. She always says, right? I said, hey, she goes, you done? I said, nope, just need, needed my why. Just needed to remember my why. I went outside and finished up. You have to have that as a doctor. And I think you lose it. I think school takes that out of you. I think the, the boards and the meetings and the bureaucracy just takes that out of you. And you forget why you're doing it. You know, you want worth, start giving your shit away, not for the approval of others, not for the, you spend all day seeking acceptance from people that don't care about you, <laughs> you know, but you, you get up in the morning and go, I have value and I give a shit about the people I'm going to go see, not, oh, it's Nancy. She drives me crazy. Then, then have another doctor see Nancy. It's okay. Nancy's still going to get the care, you know, but you don't go there and go, well, Nancy makes me feel like I have no worth. What are you doing? You, you're allowing somebody to dictate your worth. And then you start to use that in your practice and in your life. And, and then you hate what you do and you spend 50 years on the planet miserable and broke, right? Forget it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Well, great conversation. Inspiring for all the listeners out there. Um, Trev's resources will be in links and show notes. And thanks so much for an inspiring conversation. Dude, this was awesome, man. Like, you're, you're a good dude. You got nothing but smiles too. That's awesome. <laughs> I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you, wherever you are listening, if you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. And without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.